the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Eighteen years ago today. Yep, all day long you've been seeing and hearing people talk about what happened 18 years ago today. But here's my favorite speech so far. And it wasn't by a politician. It was by Nicholas Harris Jr., he was at Ground Zero when he gave the speech this morning. His dad died there 18 years ago. And when he was giving the speech, he was wearing a T-shirt that read, Some People Did Something. That may sound familiar to you. Uh, and he had some things to say to Elon Omar. She's the congresswoman who was famous for saying that when she was talking about the founding of the organization CARE after some people did something. Here he is. Some people did something, said a freshman congresswoman from Minnesota. To support and justify the creation of care. Today I am here to respond to you exactly who did what to whom. Madam, objectively speaking, we know who and what was done. There is no uncertainty about that. Why your confusion? On that day, 19 Islamic terrorist members of Al-Qaeda killed over 3,000 people and caused billions of dollars of economic damage. Is that clear? But as to whom? I was attacked. Your relatives and friends were attacked. Our constitutional freedoms were attacked. And our nation's founding on Judeo-Christian principles were attacked. That's what some people did. Got that now? We are here today, Congresswoman, to tell you and the squad just who did what to whom. Show respect in honoring them, please. American patriotism in your position demanded. For God and country, amen. Pretty good, pretty good. Uh, when we come back, we're going to talk to an expert from the Heritage Foundation on Homeland Security, talk about why there hasn't been another major attack in 18 years and what's being done to make sure there isn't another one. We're also going to get into some of the stupidity at airports and how much of that is necessary and how much of it is uh, doing any good. And also in our second half hour uh, today, we're going to talk about the Pittsburgh Public Schools and why they stink, and they do. And we have numbers to back it up from a guy from the Allegheny Institute. We'll do all that when we come back. Stick around. Getting close to retirement? Experienced a nice Trumponomics bump in your portfolio? Well, we know the market goes up, and unfortunately, we also know it goes down. Don't risk your retirement to market whims. Learn how you can lock in those gains today by spending time with the team at Marley Financial. Todd Marley and the experts at Marley Financial can help you design a retirement plan that is bulletproof against the market's ups and downs. The team at Marley Financial uses a multitude of different techniques to make sure that you have a retirement plan that is tax-friendly, stable, and worry-free. Oh, and Speaking of taxes, did you know that Marley Financial can handle that too? With all the changes in the tax laws, be sure you're taking advantage of the best possible deduction and make sure you know what adjustments to make for your overall financial picture going forward. Call today for a no-obligation consultation to see just how for 25 years the clients at Marley Financial have never had a retirement plan fail. Call 724-884-1496 today. 724-884-1496 or visit them at MarleyFG.com. They blow into town with the wind, rain, and hail. And out-of-town storm chasers going door-to-door, often posing as a local company, offering a quick fix to desperate homeowners. If you've had damage to your roof, windows, siding, or gutters and downspouts, you may be eligible to get them replaced or repaired free of charge. Just be careful who you call. Visit WindowsRSPittsburgh.com for a free inspection from one of their highly trained appraisers. With over 50 years in home remodeling, Windows R Us is the area's premier exterior replacement company for roofs, 
siding, gutters and downspouts, doors, and of course windows. If damage isn't your issue and you just want something new, you'll love their no-pressure approach, no hidden fees, and one of the fastest turnaround times in the industry. A company who will never skip town when it comes to honoring their warranty. Visit WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. Mention STAG for an additional 10% off. Windows R Us, proud sponsor of the Jerk of the Week, heard every Friday on the John Steigerwald Show. WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. What is a warrior? At Portersville Christian School, a warrior is more than a team name. Here, at their fully accredited K-12 grade Christian school, just 15 minutes north of Cranberry, a warrior is taught to serve, to passionately model the love of Christ toward neighbor, community, and world. A warrior is challenged to learn as they develop a strong work ethic, achieve academic excellence, and cultivate a lifelong love of learning. And a warrior is trained to lead through Christian character and integrity so they can impact the world for Christ by their example wherever God calls them. So, are you a warrior? Discover Portersville Christian School, a fully accredited K-12 grade Christian school just 15 minutes north of Cranberry, where warriors are made at OurPCS.org. That's O-U-R-P-C-S dot You started your business with nothing but a great big idea. They told you it couldn't be done, but that just made you work harder to prove them wrong. Now look at you, ready to take on the world. Speed Pro Pittsburgh South gets where you're coming from when they said they wanted to create great big graphics for great big ideas like yours in less time than anyone else. They were told it couldn't be done. Speed Pro Pittsburgh South just smiled and said, Oh yeah? Watch us. When you need a large format printing partner who can provide high quality visual graphics in stunning detail, from trade show displays to outdoor signs, 3M brand vehicle map for your fleet, to window graphics, banners, and decals, Speed Pro Pittsburgh South can handle most jobs in two days or less and can roll with last minute change ups without breaking a sweat. Who says it can't be done? For a free quote, visit speedpropghsouth.com. This is the John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer. Well, we haven't had a major attack on the homeland in exactly 18 years. And there have been plenty of smaller attacks and plenty of attacks that never materialized. But what's uh, being done to make sure we don't have another 9-11? That's a question for David Insera. He's policy analyst for Homeland Security and Cyber Policy at the Heritage Foundation, and he joins us now. David, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. So I guess my, my first question uh, would be, and I know it's, it's a completely unfair question for anybody, but um, I, I, how did 9-11 happen? And what's different now that's, that makes it less likely that it, that it can happen again? One on that scale. Yeah, that's a, that's, that's a, that is a big, big question. Um, and I, I think it's worth, though, remembering what, what was the world like back then that allowed that to happen. So we'll start there. Um, the reality was is back then we sort of we were in a mindset. America was in a mindset that said, we're basically, we won the Cold War, we can sort of take the peace dividend, we don't have to engage necessarily with these big threats in the world today. We were sort of, we're sort of coasting, so we had that sort of mentality. And then specifically, our organizations are the way in which we stop terrorism. Our intelligence organizations were not talking to each other, they, they had different pieces of information about what bad guys, there might be these bad guys out there and they might be trying to do something bad, but they weren't sharing that information with others, so no one had the complete perspective on what was going on. Since then, we've obviously learned those two lessons. We need, we can't afford to just sit back and let other things happen out there in the world. What happens out there in the world does come to affect us at home with regards to terrorism. And we've also learned that we need to connect the dots. We need intelligence cooperation and organizations in the United States to be cooperating and sharing that information to find terrorists before they strike. And uh, I I can't think of her name right now. Just the whole, this uh, it just popped into my head, and I can't think of her name. But she was a um, she was an official in the Clinton administration, and she would not allow the FBI and the CIA to communicate uh, their what they were working on, what they were finding, and she uh, mm-hmm. seemed to skate on that. But that that seemed to be a, a big problem when they looked back on what happened on nine eleven. Yeah, and I, I I think it's worth mentioning it's probably not any individual person mm-hmm. because like i said it was a mentality we we didn't 
we just didn't understand the nature of the adversary we were facing. We we sort of we didn't think that when they said the things they were saying, they actually that the Al Qaeda and these terrorist organizations were actually planning on bringing that level of violence, that level of terrorism to our our country. Uh, and we sort of felt, felt immune. Like I said, we had won the Cold War. So mm-hmm. what what else could really hurt us? And so I do really think that part of it was that mentality. Um, that just pervaded, and sometimes you get caught up in that groupthink. Everyone says we're good. You say, okay, I guess we're okay. So, so far in 2019, uh, the U.S. has foiled seven is- Islamist uh, terror plots. What kind of attacks are we talking about there? Yeah, so I, I keep track of these things for uh, for, for the Heritage Foundation. Uh, and so we've seen a, a few different things. We've seen um, someone... Uh, he stole a, a, a van and, and took it around Washington, D.C., looking for targets. Thankfully, the police caught him before he could ram it into a crowd of pedestrians. Um, uh, you've seen incidences at, at churches, people who are trying to go after uh, bomb, bomb a church actually in in Pittsburgh. Um, that was, I believe, a Syrian uh, refugee who uh, was thinking about doing that. Um, more recently, you had uh, the... Uh, the FBI arrests someone who is going to go after, uh, with a knife or a bomb, a pedestrian area in New York City um, over Labor Day weekend. So, I mean, we've seen a variety of different targets, a variety of different types of weapons that might be used. Um, but the reality is that a lot of these folks are still based, they're still based on an Islamist ideology. And a lot of these folks are still inspired by ISIS, despite the fact that ISIS, as a you know, as an entity and as a, you know, controlling territory, is largely defeated. But that ideology still remains, and it's going to be around for a long time to come. Um, and, and the attacks that you're talking about, the ones that were foiled, um, they seem to be small attacks. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, you know, if 50 people are killed, it, it may seem small to everybody except the people who know the. Or, re- yeah. or related to the fifty people who die, but it's still a big deal. But it is, it's not like three thousand people that uh, eighteen years ago. Um, uh, how, how how confident should we be that while these small attacks are being uh, snuffed out or or sniffed out, uh, that there's not a big uh, attack being planned that we don't know about right now? Yeah. So. Uh, that information sharing that I was talking about earlier, that, that sharing between the different organizations of our government and all the intelligence programs we have, that those programs have served us fairly well in finding these bigger cells. Um, because whenever you have lots of people, multiple people communicating an idea, you know, buying terrorist materials, you know, materials they want to carry out their plot, engaging in sort of shady activities to plot or uh, to plan their 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 attack, all those all those decisions that they make, all those actions they make are potential ways for us to find them. And the bigger that circle is, the more likely it is that we're going to pick up on it. And so we've done a much better job being able to stop those, those, those bigger attacks. And indeed, as a result, most of the plots we've seen um, in the past few years have been these, these, these one or two individuals um, who they're, they're looking for help. And so they reach out to someone who is usually an FBI agent undercover and thankfully, we were able to get them. Um, so I, I do think we've made dramatic steps forward in being able to stop these more complex, larger attacks, which is which is good for all of us. Yeah, there seem to be a lot of lone wolves out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, not to say that they couldn't uh, um, do a lot of damage, but we haven't seen... Uh, what, what occurred to me, too, is that, um, you know, we're talking about 18 years ago. In 2001... The Internet was out there, but it was nothing like it is now. Social media, I don't even think existed back then. If it did, it was a minor thing. Um, what, what's the difference now because of the ability for someone like, like this guy in Pittsburgh, here in Pittsburgh, uh, he said he was, um, he, was a, he was pledging his allegiance to ISIS. Well, yeah. is that all it takes now to be considered a terrorist, to just go on the Internet and say, hey, I, I like uh, ISIS, I agree with everything they're doing, and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm joining up? That's a lot yeah, different so- from actually physically going to Syria or to uh, Iran or someplace and joining up with a terrorist organization. 
Uh, certainly is. And yeah, so uh, to be clear, uh, the, the folks that I'm looking at are people who also then, they're not just saying, I, I like a terrorist ideology, I like this group. They're also, they're, they are specifically planning an attack. Mm-hmm. And so it is an important point, because there are a lot of people who, who may be Islamists, they, they buy into an ideology, right, they, that yeah. says that Sharia law is, is great and we should, we should force it on people, everyone should obey it. And then there's a much smaller group of people who say, and I'm willing to take action to attack people who disagree with my opinion. And that's where the, the terrorists come. They're physically going to use violence to force that way, that belief on you. Um, but yeah, unfortunately, that ideology is, it is easier to get at. That, 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 that radicalization is in some ways easier to get at because of the Internet, because of the propaganda videos. So these were uh, you know, started largely by Al-Qaeda. There are still uh, Al-Qaeda propagandists who are widely read and watched by people as they're radicalizing. So this material has a long shelf life, and it's still being used to radicalize people even a decade or more later. Um, uh, but it is, it is an issue what happens online. But let's also not forget the in-person connection. Very often there is an in-person connection, someone who helps radicalize someone else. Um, and so it's important to go after both the online stuff and the in-person radicalization. We're talking to David and Sarah. He's a policy analyst for Homeland Security and Cyber Policy at the Heritage Foundation. Um, what's the possibility that groups of terrorists have been coming across the southern border, uh, maybe in small numbers, and then meeting up somewhere? Because you yeah, know, one so- or two can come over at a time over a period of these. One of the things I think we found out about these uh, terrorists is that they're very patient. Yes. Yeah, no, certainly. And so we have, in terms of looking through all the plots that we've seen so far, we only have, I think, one or two in which the southern border was involved. I think there was, it was actually the Iranian government um, tried to reach out to someone in the United States to attack uh, the, the Saudi ambassador. Um, and then this individual thought that he was communicating with drug cartels. He was going to buy their help to, to you know, hire an assassin. Mm-hmm. Um once again, thankfully, it was us, and so we intercepted that. But, yeah, I mean, the southern border is a potential way that folks can think about, terrorists can think about getting resources or getting manpower um, across that border. Now, like I said, we haven't seen it yet, so I can't say that it's likely because so far, at least, we haven't, we haven't really seen it. But that doesn't mean it's impossible. And so it is something which we should keep in mind when we are talking about our cooperation with Mexico. How are we looking at information we're getting? What about information about flights to, like, they have to get to Latin America, right? So what are we doing in terms of our intelligence looking for people leaving the Middle East and coming to Latin America? What are we doing on that end? So the intelligence does have to move beyond our borders, and our intelligence and security has to care about more than just at our border it has to start before then because if we don't know when they cross our border it's probably already too late we need to know ahead of time um and david how much of what we're doing at airports uh you know with having old ladies take off their shoes mm-hmm. and that kind of thing uh, how much of that is um wasting time and how much of it is actually um producing well not producing results but preventing anything yeah so this is this is something which i think this is part of the way that most of the average American, when they experience the results of 9-11, the most, av- the most average Americans are going to see it in the form of the TSA, right? That's the most obvious way they're going to see the new security uh, measures. Um, and I'll, I'll say this. Many of the things the TSA does, they are important. That being said, we know that they're not necessarily carrying out those duties all the time very well. We know in the past few years they've you know, failed some of those undercover tests at alarming levels. Um, and so there are, I think there are conversations to be had about, is it time that we reform the TSA? Uh, one of the ideas that we have is actually to privatize it, not to go back to a pre nine 11 mindset, but let's it, most other countries in the world have private contractors do the screening. And then the U S government, they're, they're the overseer. They can crack the whip really hard when mistakes are made right now. It's kind of like the problem of if the TSA makes a mistake, well, is the TSA going to, discipline itself, uh, it, it, I think it's a better case for if the TSA is the regulator and we have private sector companies doing the security, I think it's a better way for us to get better security outcomes um, and actually would probably even cost less money as well.
Well, I did a lot of traveling in my job, and I, uh, I've been a lot of places, and I've reached the point where I don't want to go anywhere ever again on a, on a plane. I haven't been in an airport in about eight years, and my goal is to not fly anywhere. Unless you, if you have a charter, Dave, uh, I'll, go, I'll go with you, but I'm not... You know, I'm not afraid of flying. I'm just, I can't put up with the stupidity at the airport. Mm. The woman uh, that you spoke to a few minutes ago, Erin, who's our producer, she just told me about, I was asking her about some of the things I might have missed at the airports lately. And she said that when her mother, who's in her 60s, uh, was going through, they they pulled her aside. They took about five or ten minutes to swab her skin to see if they could find any, I don't know, residue of some explosive material mm-hmm. on there. Now, when I look at that, I say, how many times is something that stupid taking place at an airport, and you multiply that by all the airports, that that while you're doing, while you're wasting your time with Aaron's mother, uh, and you multiply that by a thousands of times, where that energy and money could be spent better than doing that? And just, how, how is that doing any good? No, I understand. Some of that is... Uh, what they say is the random effect. They they say that if you do it randomly, they 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 hope that that provides an extra level of deterrent, and you and maybe people are convinced that it's not worth. They may, might not be able to sneak through. Uh, it's it's a partial deterrent, maybe not a very strong one. But I think actually a, a better example of the technology that that could be used. So that, that's trying to detect bomb residue. A good example of another technology, which I'm a huge fan of, um, is uh, the bomb sniffing dogs, because that's a more passive version, right? And dog pass, you pass, every single person passes by that dog. Um, and so effectively everyone gets scanned by, by the dog. And we've actually found that we've tried the best with technology. Nobody uh, beats a dog. It, the dogs are faster, and yeah, they've got other issues. You got to manage them, you got to train them, and all that stuff. But it seems like the dogs are real are very often some of the best equipped and uh, best tools we have. It's amazing. Um, but yeah, so it, it, there maybe are different tools we could use in certain circumstances. But I think this is a case of the TSA trying to add additional layers. Yeah. But it's unclear how effective they are. Well, and you mentioned dogs. Uh, I've been wondering for years. I had an experience. I traveled with the Steelers for many years uh, doing sports. And um, I traveled on their charter. And mm. right after 9-11, it, it became very annoying because every stadium we went to, they even they had to check everybody who got off the plane before we went into the stadium to see if one of the players, just in case one of the players was you know, carrying, uh, planning to blow up the stadium during the game or whatever. But um, we went several places and went through all that. And I remember getting off the, the, uh, the bus underneath the stadium in Cincinnati and they said, "Stand in line, gentlemen. Put your uh, put your suitcases in front of you." And they brought out two yellow labs, and they went down the line and sniffed. And it took about a minute to do the entire team. And I said to the to the cops that were there, I said, "Why doesn't everybody do this?" He said, "Well, these are the only two bomb sniffing dogs in Hamilton County, which is the mm-hmm. county where Cincinnati is." Now that's eighteen years ago. I've never. Yeah. I've still wondered why there hasn't been a massive program to get more dogs trained that could be done and it wouldn't be that yeah, expensive we certainly have tried in fact but, but as you point out the demand at this point is uh, think about almost every location every soft target every hard target you know like a uh, a stadium a uh, 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 an airport something like that every soft mm-hmm. target like a stadium these are all kind of things that everyone wants them Everyone wants it both for the mass gatherings and for the secure government locations. Um, and so I know we have increased that. I know Congress has, but I, I legitimately, it is, an ama- it is amazing how effective they are. Um, and I think at this point it is legitimately a question of how quickly can you train and get them on board. Um, and it's not just us in America who want them. Everyone else wants them as well. So it's literally a, a worldwide demand for well-trained uh, bomb sniffing, drug sniffing, weapon sniffing, money sniffing, you name it, sniffing yep. dogs, um, because they really do have an amazing play to role in our defenses. I, I have less than a minute. I'm up against a hard break here, David. Uh, real mm-hmm. quickly, what about cyber attacks? I know that's uh, maybe not something you can sum up in 30 seconds, but where are we with Ooh. that? Yeah, so I'm not sure I can do that that fast, but I'll do my best. I'll say this. The United States has always come to recognize that problem. So you know, just like with 9-11, we didn't sort of realize the problem was out there. I think the average American now at least recognizes that there is, they, need, they need to do more themselves to you know, protect themselves online. And the government and organizations, private sector organizations, are at least, have at least recognized the problem. 
that's the first step. I think more needs to be done, um, but I think at least we've recognized the problem, and now we have to have these debates about what those actions actually look like. David, I'm out of time. I really appreciate you being here. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Okay, and that's David and Sarah, policy analyst uh, for the home for Homeland Security and Cyber uh, Policy at the Heritage Foundation. We'll be right back. With SRN News, I'm Keith Peters in Washington. God bless America. A choir singing at commemoration ceremonies at the Pentagon today on the 18th anniversary of the deadly September 11th terrorist attacks on the World Trade Center, the Pentagon, and Shanksville, Pennsylvania. In Shanksville, Vice President Mike Pence tells the families of the victims of Flight 93 he and many others were standing in front of the U.S. Capitol at the moment it's believed hijackers would have crashed into that building. I will always believe that I and many others in our nation's capital were able to go home that day and hug our families because of the courage and selflessness of your families, the heroes of Flight 93. Nearly 3,000 people were killed that day. On Wall Street, that up by 227 points, the Nasdaq rose 85. This is SRN News. So when people first hear about MediShare, they have questions, some really good questions, starting with the obvious, what is it? Well, MediShare is a Christian healthcare sharing ministry. It's not health insurance. It's a different way of doing things, which leads us to the next question, why do people do this? Why do they become MediShare members? Here are two of the biggest reasons. Number one, people feel good about it. They're not trapped in a plan that makes them pay for things they don't believe in. They know their money is going to help people. And the second reason, people save a lot of money. Maybe you've heard us mention the typical family saves about $500 a month switching to MediShare. And one more big question, does it work? The answer is yes, a thousand times yes, or 400,000 times, since that's how many MediShare members there are, and they've shared over $2 billion in medical expenses. So easy to find out right now how MediShare can work for you. Call 844-45-BIBLE. That's 844-45-BIBLE. 844-45-BIBLE. Today, America has experienced one of the greatest tragedies ever witnessed on our soil. It's been 18 years, but in some ways, it still feels like yesterday. And even though we've healed as a country, this scar is still there. We must stay vigilant, proactive, to make sure what happened then never happens again. We will not tire, we will not falter, and we will not fail. Because evil will never win. AM 1250, The Answer. If you're worried about market volatility or the possibility of losing money in the next market crash, the time to act is now. Effective financial management involves identifying opportunities. And with a 10-year bull market run, markets around all-time highs, and a highly contested election cycle right around the corner, we have an opportunity now to protect what's important. Don't risk losing a significant portion of your life savings in the next market downturn. Call Hunt & Associates today, 844-366-HUNT. That's 844-366-4868. Community Bank. City Mission, Number One Cochrane, Highmark Stadium, Peters Township Community Center, Angelo's Restaurant. What do all these businesses have in common? Nello Construction, design and build with one company. Nello Construction, full service construction from the ground up. Renovation, expansion. Nello Construction, the choice for business. See the projects. Begin the journey at NelloConstruction.com. Here is your new Pella Lifestyle window. When open, here it is, closed. The new Pella Lifestyle Series is the number one performing wood window and patio door for sound control, energy efficiency, and value. Keep the outside noise outside. More peace and better rest for your family. Exceptional noise control for a quieter home. Right now, get 50% off installation or 18 months, no payments, no interest. Call 888-77-PELLA, PellaPittsburgh.com. This is Jay Hagerman of Abernathy & Hagerman. Upon your passing, you wouldn't want a judge to decide who raises your children or how your estate gets divided. It is important to review your estate planning documents to ensure they protect what matters most. At Abernathy & Hagerman, we will work with you to establish an estate plan that nominates a guardian for your minor children and that your assets are used for your family's benefit. Judge for yourself. For legal help that lasts a lifetime, visit a-h.law. Stuck in traffic? We've got the answer. Heavy volume just about everywhere on the Parkway East. That's very busy outbound Bay Street to Edgewood, Swissvale. 
on the inbound side. Pretty typical volume. Also busy on Parkway West, outbound Parkway Center Drive to Carnegie. Delays continue inbound 28 Freeport Road to the Highland Park Bridge. And outbound is busy from Parkway North to the 40th Street Bridge. That's a look at traffic. I'm Jenny Robinson. AM 1250, the answer. Weather. For tonight, partly cloudy skies, a warm and humid night with a shower or thunderstorm in a few spots, a low of 67. For tomorrow, a mix of clouds and sun, warm and humid, a couple of showers and thunderstorms around, a high of 83. Patchy clouds and humid tomorrow night with a low of 65. And for Friday, another humid and warm day, intervals of clouds and sun, and an afternoon shower or thunderstorm around again, a high of 83. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm meteorologist Jake Soja. This is the John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250. The answer. The Pittsburgh public schools stink. Now, I'm sorry if you work for a city school and that hurts your feelings. And I'm sorry if you go there or know somebody who goes there and that hurts your feelings. And it doesn't mean all, even most of the teachers stink, but the results stink. And it's kind of hard to get good grades and, more importantly, you know, learn anything if you don't show up. And there's lots of not showing up going on these days. Jake Hulk is a researcher for and the president emeritus of the Allegheny Institute. He has the numbers. Jake joins us now. Thanks for being here. Yeah, my pleasure. So what was the, uh, the purpose of this policy brief on school attendance? Well, we had done some work four or five years ago. I believe it was in 14 and 15, where we looked at attendance as an issue around the region. And we focused on the second piece on uh, Pittsburgh schools because they seem to be having a lot of issues. And uh, we thought maybe it was time to revisit to see if there'd been any improvement in the attendance figures at the various schools within the district. And uh, that's what led us to it. But the second thing was we wanted to see if there was any way of correlating attendance with um, academic performance in the various schools. So, that was also part of the second uh, run at it. And um, I, I don't think it would, it would be su- surprising to anybody to find that there would be a correlation between not showing up for school and doing well in school. That's kind of a basic thing. Well, yes. I mean, we, we sort of went in with that notion now. Right. Uh, as I'll get to in just a minute. But I wanted to talk a little bit about attendance in, um, in general before I get into the details. Okay. Attendance is sort of an overall proxy, as far as I'm concerned, for the students and their parents' attitude towards school. If it's if fifth graders or eighth graders are not in school, it's probably because the parents are not getting them there. And when they get out into high school, they may be telling their parents that they're in school, but they're not. But there are some schools that have horrendous attendance problems. Others doing reasonably well. None are as good as uh, most of the um, the good suburban school districts, but there are a few schools within the system that are uh, hanging in there pretty tough, but their academic performance does not necessarily reflect their uh, better levels, although it's better than the school average. So there, there, per, there, there is a correlation uh, found in high schools in the 6 to 12 grade group and in the... Um, K through eight grade group, but the um, the middle schools there wasn't much correlation because they were all so bad academically. Yeah, and so I, I couldn't. Some schools had better attendance than others, but none of them had good results on either the English or the math score uh, PSSA scores. Yeah, you you have a lot of numbers in there. Um, you know, I, I know that you were like me. It's It's been a long time since I was in school. But to miss 18 days of school, and I, you, you can tell me what the significance of that number is. To okay. miss 18 days of school, um, that's we're talking about almost four weeks of school that you've missed. That uh, Even for a, a, a pretty good student, that's, that, that should be a lot of work to make up. And how, how, how is anybody expected to uh, do well? especially if you're already showing a, uh, uh, that you're kind of challenged anyway as far as getting good grades and, and doing what you're supposed to do in school. 18 yeah, days that you missed. That's, yeah. that, just give me what that, that yeah. number popped well, out that, of the report. Well, the Department of Education in its wisdom 
is going away from the old attendance rate measure, which basically measured the number of days cumulatively missed by all students and divided that by the number of uh, available days to all students. This new measure is called the regular attendance, and it counts everybody who's at school 90% of the year or 90% of the days. Well, that means 10% of the days they can be missing and still call regular attendees, and 10% of 180 is 18 days, as you point out. That's a lot of days to miss during a school year and stay up with your homework, stay up with the tests, having to take makeup tests. And the problem with being out a lot is that when you're there, you're probably not as interested in what's going on. You're disruptive. You're not paying attention. And so it, just, it compounds the more days you miss. And there are schools like, um, I'll, I'll point out Westinghouse, where only 37% of kids show up 90% of the time, which means 63% are missing more than 18 days. Well, are you surprised that only 5% of students at that school are proficient in math? I don't think anyone should be. And and so... Um Sixty-three percent. That's just—I don't want to pick on Westinghouse, but they're out there. Sixty-three uh, percent of the kids uh, miss at least eighteen days of school a year. Correct. Um, that's two-thirds of the kids are gone four weeks, uh, uh, more than four weeks, basically, out of the year. Yes. Uh, whatever happened to the concept of truancy? Does that does that no longer exist? Well, that's my question I've been trying to get somebody to answer for a long time. And apparently the the situation is so bad that there's no way to in, uh, enforce truancy laws. You'd have to have too many people locked up because too many kids are missing on a given day. It, it maligns, for example, the average student in that school misses 35 days a year. Where's that? The lines. Oh, okay. Uh, and that's a that's city a, school. That's a, yeah. That, that's a six, six through 12. Yeah. That's uh, in, a, the pub, in the Pittsburgh Public School District. A, give me that number again. 35 days a year on average in 2017-18, which is the latest data. That's seven weeks. There, there are nine weeks. <laughs> if I remember correctly, there are nine weeks and a quarter. I don't know how they do it in school these days, but... Uh, or a report period used to be like six weeks, uh, and there'd be like six of them. Quarter of the school year. And but what is the if there is there a price that a kid pays for missing fifty two days of school, other than just getting bad grades, which everybody else gets anyway? Well, the problem, John, is that these kids keep getting passed on, even though they can't. That's the other score thing. Score yeah. on these PSSA tests, they t- they can't perform at grade level. In fact. Over half of them perform at um, below basic. They're, they're not getting uh, much of an education at all. And, and you take a fifth grader who can't do fifth grade work, and you move him on to the sixth grade, how do you expect him to do sixth grade work or seventh grade work? It gets worse as they go along. So you've got high school students uh, who cannot pass the math test in great numbers. And, it's- and they don't do all that well in English. As uh, the great Walter Williams has said, what they're doing when they give these kids a diploma, it's it's fraudulent education. They're in, they have, there is not everyone, but so many come through there and go to their graduation ceremony, and they're handed a diploma which they didn't earn, don't deserve, and they completely devalue the the uh, the the whole concept of a diploma. Yeah, it's a mockery. I mean, politically uh, correct, it is. But in terms of the effect on the economy and on, those, on these kids' lives, it's a disaster. Well, how are you going to get a decent job if you can't read and write at eighth grade level and you're graduating from high school and you can't do eighth grade math? Yeah, and here's my, I mean, uh, my, here's my question when you talk about that. Uh, I think you mentioned that the Philadelphia schools are actually, they bring the state averages for attendance and test scores down because they're worse than Pittsburgh. Right, a lot of them. A lot. Well, they're on a par. They're, I think they're probably on average worse in the K through eight grades. Their average okay. proficiency is only eighteen percent in math. I think K through eight in Pittsburgh would be around twenty or twenty two. But there are one hundred and sixty six of those schools in 
Philadelphia. It's a huge school district. Mm-hmm. And uh, when you weigh that in with the state average, it's got to be pulling it down considerably. Well, I don't, I don't know what my proficiency in math was, but I wouldn't want it to be made public because it was probably right, <laughs> right around like twenty-seven percent. Uh, so, uh, but, but I, what I don't understand, I mean, there some people are good in math, some people are good in in English, and you know, I was better in uh, reading and writing than I was in arithmetic. But, mm-hmm. but um, my question is, how does a teacher get through a year uh, and? And at the end of the, what, what's the evaluation for a teacher who, whose students, only five percent of whom are uh, proficient in whatever happen, they happen to be teaching, uh, you could bring the janitor in to teach, and he's going to get five percent. He's going to get, you know, somebody's well, going to be five percent proficient after that, or twenty percent. Well, if you're a serious teacher, it's got to be heartbreaking because you, you're, yeah. you're accomplishing almost nothing. You spend 180 days standing in front of a class. And nothing good has come out of it, or very little, and you're getting paid uh, anyway. I think a lot of them are probably in classrooms where discipline is non-existent, mm-hmm. and they're just, you know, some some teacher wrote into the paper the other day and talked about, uh, you know, what they have to put up with in these schools because the students are un- so unruly, and it's just phenomenal. Well, well, the worst. And yet, thing, nothing gets done about it. That's what I was going to ask you. Superintendent yeah. to superintendent to superintendent, and they all have their five-year plans, which you could just basically uh, put the shredder the minute they come out because they nothing is getting done. There's, in the city of Pittsburgh, they're spending over twenty-five thousand dollars a kid, oh. and this is what you're getting. What, how much it costs? I think it costs. I think it costs twenty-six thousand dollars a year to go to Swickley Academy. And uh, yeah. what are they paying per child in 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 Pittsburgh? It's around twenty five thousand. And how much? Do you know what the average salary is of a of a, a, a you know an average tenured teacher in a city school? What kind of money he or she making? High school? Mm, I would just be guessing, but I would say between eighty and ninety thousand. If I'm paying somebody eighty thousand dollars, and and they are. Um, the return I'm getting on that is, uh, you know, twenty percent success. How come I keep paying them eighty or ninety thousand? And again, I'm not blaming the teachers themselves. I'm blaming the system that makes it impossible for the teachers to do any better than that. But somewhere along the line, where's the accountability? Should it go all the way up to the mayor? Well, is it the school board? Where Where's it go? It's it's the state legislature and the governor. That's where they it have, goes. They have to they have to put down their foot and say, you know what, this. Is, Pittsburgh School District is a creature of the state of Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. We're providing $10,000 a year per pupil or more for this school district. And this is what we're getting? It can't can't be. can't do that. But, but it we, does. It keeps going because nobody's willing to, to grasp the nettle, as they used to say. Nobody's willing to take the bull by the horns and say this is unacceptable. We've had Republican uh, and uh, we've had plenty of Republican governors and a Republican legislature over the years. They don't do anything about it either, so you can't just blame the Democrats then. Oh, no. The, there's no willingness. Uh, education in Pennsylvania is like the third rail of Social Security at the national level. Nobody wants to go there because the teachers and the education establishment are just too strong politically. And nobody wants to take them on. So the, and and, and, that's, so, and so it goes. Talking about unions, the, the teachers' union would not allow well, the unions, but not only just the unions, the the principals, the school boards—they're all, uh, well, not all, but they're heavily in the major metropolitan areas are very politically correct and very liberal, and so they've let the school districts just—I mean, it's not just the Pennsylvania problem. Uh, as Williams talks, Walter Williams talks about it, it happens in major metropolitan areas all over the country. The, the, oh yeah, yeah. Baltimore it sounds. In, uh, yeah, it just descended into chaos practically. Uh, we're talking to Jake Hawk. He's a researcher at the Allegheny Institute and the president emeritus of that institution. Um, I, uh, uh, I mean, how long have the schools been putting up with these scores? Um, I mean, how long has this been going on, Jake? Well, I don't I've think when I was a kid it, it was this bad. almost 20 years. Yeah. Uh, so I'm sure it started before then. You have to think about this, John. The school district of 
Pittsburgh is probably one of the biggest negatives the city has in trying to attract people to come to live here. Mm-hmm. If you have kids and you can't afford to send them to private school, they're going here. You're not you're not going to put them in the Pittsburgh schools nope. unless you can get them in one of the magnet schools, and they have limited openings at those schools. Um, so it's uh, it's it's a disaster for the city, and you know I, I hate to you know tar the whole every school. There are some schools that are trying hard and are turning out decent scores. They're not great, but they're at the state average. But they're nowhere near the kind of level you'd hope, but from spending the kind of money that the Pittsburgh school spends. Do you have? We've got to finish up here with Jay Calk. Uh, do you have any numbers on the number of? city uh, school teachers who send their kids to city schools or, or politicians who do. Not, not, I've never looked into that. <laughs> I'm sure someone has at some point. Yeah. Uh, I'd, I'd be surprised if it's a whole bunch. Probably not a lot of those people up in Harrisburg who are uh, governors and legislators and uh, state senators and other bureaucrats up there. I'm guessing not too many of them send their kids to public schools either. No, we've we've allowed this situation to deteriorate to the point that in Philadelphia and Pittsburgh and some other school districts, um, it's just a disgrace what's happening for the money being spent. And it's a disgrace for what it's doing to the kids because if you can't read and write when you graduate at a decent level, uh, what are you going to do with your life? You're not going to become an engineer or a high-paid executive somewhere. No. Hey, Jake, I'm out of time. Uh, where can Real quickly, where can people find your study? It's at the Allegheny Institute, uh, .org, the uh, website. Okay. And uh, all our work is posted there, and those two pieces were done in late August, so they're fairly new. Jake, thanks a lot. I'm sure we'll have you on again. This is one of my favorite okay. subjects. It, it drives me nuts, but it's, I, it's crazy. Thanks a lot. Happy to do it. Take all care. Right. Bye-bye. All right. That's Jake Hawk. We'll be right back. Blow into town with the wind, rain, and hail. And out-of-town storm chasers going door-to-door, often posing as a local company, offering a quick fix to desperate homeowners. If you've had damage to your roof, windows, siding, or gutters and downspouts, you may be eligible to get them replaced or repaired free of charge. Just be careful who you call. Visit WindowsRSPittsburgh.com for a free inspection from one of their highly trained appraisers. With over 50 years in home remodeling, Windows R Us is the area's premier exterior replacement company for roofs, siding, gutters and downspouts, doors, and of course windows. If damage isn't your issue and you just want something new, you'll love their no-pressure approach, no hidden fees, and one of the fastest turnaround times in the industry. A company who will never skip town when it comes to honoring their warranty. Visit WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. Mention Stag for an additional 10% off. Windows R Us, proud sponsor of the Jerk of the Week, heard every Friday on the John Steigerwald Show. WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. Do you or your business have financial problems? Are you overwhelmed with debt? Then call me, Attorney Dennis Spire at 412-471-7675. My legal practice concentrates on bankruptcy law, debtor rights, and tax matters. I have over 30 years' experience as a former United States Department of Justice bankruptcy attorney and lawyer in private practice. I have represented thousands of cases faced with financial problems and lawsuits. Reorganize and get a fresh start. Call 412-471-7675 or visit my website at DennisSpira.com. Obamacare, Trump Care, ACA, COBRA, there are so many choices but all seem to bring one word to mind expensive. There are lots of changes happening in healthcare today. Fortunately, I know someone that has been on the forefront of health insurance for years, Todd Marley at Marley Financial. Todd and his team of professionals are licensed with virtually every healthcare provider in the country. They help determine which plan is right for you and then expertly help you choose the best plan for your needs and then do so prudently. Don't need maternity coverage? Call Marley Financial. Have pre-existing conditions? Call Marley Financial. Want just catastrophic or just accident? You know the answer. Worried about the penalty? All of Marley Financial Plans are penalty exempt because they know how to design the plans. Most of their clients save 30 to 60%, which can add up to several thousand dollars a year. Call Todd at Marley Financial, 724-884-1496. That's 724-884-1496 on the web at MarleyFG.com. Hi, my name is Ryan Bourne. And I'm Danica Bourne. And And we're we're the the owners owners of South Coast Tax. Tax. 
We started our company 10 years ago in an effort to help our fellow Christians experiencing tax issues resolve their matters by taking a simple three-step approach. South Coast Tax are Christian-based tax accountants and attorneys that specialize in releasing bank levies, wage garnishments, and filing complex tax returns. We are the leaders in acceptance of offers and compromise with awesome results. We're also a small firm who will treat you like family, not just a number. Call us today at 1-800-TAX-1176 for a free consultation. And we'll take the time to explain all the programs that you qualify for in order to allow you a fresh start. Proverbs 15.22 says, Plans fail for lack of counsel, but with many advisors, they succeed. Call us today at 1-800-TAX-1176, and together we can help achieve this goal by putting the IRS debt behind you for good. Again, that number is 1-800-TAX-1176. Wake up and text. Text and eat. Mm-mm. Text and meet up with a friend you haven't seen in forever. Hi. Oh, hey. Text and complain that they're on their phone the whole time. <laughs> text and listen to them complain that you're on your phone the whole time. Uh. Text and whatever. But when you get behind the wheel, give your phone to a passenger. Put it in the glove box. Just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council. The John Steigerwall Show. AM 1250, The Answer. Well, the New York Times, you know, the paper of record and all that, the great, the grand old lady or whatever that was, it was called. It's almost like you have, like, freshmen in college working their interns who have no idea what they're doing. They put out a tweet today. You know, it's, uh, it's 9-11. This is what the New York Times put out as a tweet today. Eighteen years have passed since airplanes took aim and brought down the World Trade Center. Today, families will once again gather and grieve at the site where more than 2,000 people died. Airplanes. You know, like airplanes fly, <laughs> flying by themselves just decided to fly into the World Trade Center. Nobody was flying them. Airplanes did it. Just like guns commit murders. So uh, that got a lot of people's attention. And uh, New, New York Times started getting ripped on Twitter. And it was a story about, it was tweeting to promote a story about what happened on uh, 9-11. And uh, so uh, then it com- the New York Times comes back with this. Uh, 18 years have passed. Uh, he said that they, they came back and said that they they sorry they made a mistake. And they corrected it and said a terrorist attack. No mention of Islamists or anything like that because they, they wouldn't want anybody to get upset. So um, that's that's what they came back with after getting trashed all over Twitter. Who's working over there? What, are they are they trying to get Donald Trump elected? Because they're doing a really nice job. I keep, I hope they keep it up. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye. The John Steigerwall Show is a production of AM twelve fifty The Answer and Salem Media Group. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.